Good morning, world. Once again, we are here. Fifth Ward Rocket and my cohort across from me is home. I'm KG, the Houston Realm Review, and thank you for listening to another installment of the KG and the Fifth Ward Rocket podcast. And as we do, as is our custom, hit us with the score, Rocket. We start out today with HBU. Women, men's soccer went one and one last week, lost on the road to Longwood, one two, had a win at home against Howard, one nil. No, I'm sorry, and on the road. Uh, one nil. How was University? I don't know. beat South Carolina State two one, and uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology one nil. They start defense of their Great West Conference title against uh, New Jersey as the number one seed in the conference tournament. Women's volleyball taking on the chin last week, losing on the road to Utah Valley one three, and North Dakota State. No, North Dakota, I'm sorry. 2-3. They are at home tonight against Chicago State. Men's volleyball, men's basketball open Sunday against Augsburg at 7 o'clock p.m. at Sharp Gym. Women's basketball opens against Evelyn Christian also this week on the road. Uh, TSU. Women's soccer beat U of H Victoria 2-1. Women's volleyball beat Southern 3-1. Then lost to Prairie View 3-1. Uh, football lost to Mississippi Valley State University 12-9. What a score. Opening kickoff return by Iron Carriers. Tied up. Uh, C.J. Spiller for the most part. They hit you with seven kickoff returns, touchdowns, so congratulations to him. You interviewed him Tuesday after uh, as part of U of H's media lunch, and that's going to be on your website as well. I'm sure it's the tough folks yeah. how to look for that. You can look for it at www.kingsideview.com. Hit that hot key with my face on it, the college sports report, and that video will come right up. It, it, it was a joy to watch that because that I was it happened to be in the corner taking photos at that time when he caught the ball and he turned that corner and Chris just like I asked him he uh, he saw green he saw daylight he said when he got to the kicking he said he went to holiday screaming the rest of the way I was like really <laughs> hey because no kick return ain't worth his salt. She get caught by the kick. Well, Coach Smith did that the other day. He sure did. He, he said, "Point blank, what did he say?" He said, "During our, during our, I guess the trials for the position, if if you if the, check, the kicker tackles you, you need to go somewhere else because you're not gonna be on the, on the kick return team." So, but uh, you know, might as well, let's continue with the Cougars. They ain't no. They're 13th in the BCS. They're 14th in both AP and coaches poll. It's it's a lot of love for the program nationally, getting some recognition uh, more so locally, finally nationally as well. First time uh, for the program to be nine uh, eight and eight and this late in the season. And uh, they win Saturday over UAB B nine for the first time in the history of the program. That seems hard to believe, though. And, and you know when you, you look know, back and especially all the teams that Bill Yeoman has had, you know especially with with, with Dan Davis and that crew and Wilson Whitley, you would figure that they, you know I, I read the note. Um, from in the Chronicle by Sam Kahn and I was like wow really but you know you touched on the great teams in the 70s and 80s and then Andre and David Klingler but uh, hey but the ironic thing about all this and, and, and I love my school I love my I love athletics everything about U of H there ain't no they're 4-0 no in the conference you would say West Division but aren't they tied with somebody Jerry they're tied with Tulsa yeah. so they have to keep winning to keep pace to keep all these good vibes going and you know what that game at the end of the year now is starting to loom real November 25th, that's going to be huge because 
It will probably be for the conference who's going to represent the West in the conference championship game. The Cougars have to keep winning to maintain any hopes of cracking the BCS, BCS Bowl. So a lot of things riding on that game. Well, well, obviously you have to take one game in time for it. But folks, keep in mind, Tulsa's 4-0 in the conference too. So Cougars have to keep winning to, to keep pace. You know, as much as we love and respect Case Keenum and Coach Sumlin, they got to win conference USA championship first before they do anything else. Because all this other stuff, he's winning eight games right now up to this point. We off and off, they lose that game and don't win the conference championship. And the one thing that they have over everyone else, they are outscoring as opponents by two to one. But at the end of the day, and you're now, especially you, you've made mention of this quite a bit at times, defense has to become consistent and get better and start games better. Because what happened in that Rice game, that could happen on the road against Tulsa or anybody. As a matter of fact, it could, it could happen this weekend against UAB. They've got to get a quick start defensively in these games for them to, to finish out. Cougars have to tackle better. They need to be in position. I mean, the Owls, Coach Bailiff, and we can talk about this as well, um, seem to confuse the Cougars' defense with the quarterback's rotation. They shut the quarterbacks in like every other play, and the option was just destroying the Cougars. Up the middle, same, you know, it, it same was situation. Just, up the middle, like they weren't prepared for it. They finally made some adjustments and got better at it. But when the game finally got out of hand in the fourth quarter, and and you may, if you help me with this, please do. I can't think of the first game of the running back without Lefty Smith. Uh, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. He raced past the Cougar defenders, and that caused some concern. For me. No offense to Tyler Smith, but if the Cougars defenders cannot catch up to a right eye running back. That says something for somebody. Not just a right side running back, but a running back that has had a serious knee injury and was out of year. And he was a lot quicker before then. But when a guy is racing 80 yards upfield and he starts to pull away from you halfway down, yep. something is wrong. Yeah, cause he, because he, U of H has a lot of speed. They've got a lot of dual athlete speeds that, that both you know, run track and play football. Well, it didn't seem like it on that 97-yard touchdown run by Tyler Smith because he, he left up in the dust. Uh, kudos to him. Want to touch on two things, two losses by our area teams in the SWAC football. Greg, you got matched in a Superport Classic by Jackson State, 44-14. And we touched on this as a unlikely possibility that TSU was playing Valley last week. Valley was 0-8 coming in to the game, 0-7 in swag play. After Saturday, last Saturday, they, they left the game with a win, and they beat the Tigers 12-9. When you text me about that, I thought something was, was seriously wrong. The first thing I remember was, was, was the, the, the kicking game by the special teams, but when you scored nine points. So both each team had a safety. I, I checked out the box scores and everything. I didn't even want to look at it. The, it so the safety for, I think, Jackson State was as a, was a result of, uh, reading my score correctly, a bad snap, bad snap by the Tigers going over the, uh, apparently the punter's head and did a roll, passing to the end zone, resulting in safety. So, once again, special teams are doing, and uh, Coach Kevin Ramsey and the Tigers, and, and TSU is one in five, and Swap played three and five overall. Uh, they're in trouble. You know, he's in trouble. Let me say that specifically. He's in trouble. They have a home game this Saturday versus Southern at 6. Preview is going out of conference playing Texas State in San Marcos at 3 o'clock. So hopefully they can bounce back. Both teams can bounce back and get victories. Let's shift gears and very briefly, we're going to go 
leave college athletics, touch on the NBA real quick. This won't take long. <clears throat> a lot of he said, he said stuff coming out now. Jason Whitlock and Stephen A. Smith uh, have said and or written that uh, Players Association Vice <laughs> Executive Vice President Billy Smith is uh, throwing Derek Fisher under the bus. Uh, Jason Whitlock wrote that Derek Fisher has been talking to uh, David Stern, the NBA side, privately, secretly behind the players' uh, union's back, making a deal or trying to work out a deal or get a deal done, and unbeknownst to the union people, Derek Fisher sent a letter to the union saying that wasn't true. I dare folks question my integrity. Billy Hunter sent a letter to the, to the union the following day saying that we're unified, stay united, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, both sides met uh, before the Labor Relations Board on Wednesday, and uh, they were told to bring more paperwork in for the for the president and the, the owners to bring more paperwork so they could discuss things further. The bottom line, they need to get a deal done. It seems inevitable that it's going to be a 50-50 split. And truth be told, it's not exactly 50-50 from the basketball-related income because the owners can take $600, $700 million off the, for expenses off the top which uh, will make it roughly a 53-47 split. So depending on your perspective, player says that's already 50%. Owners say, well, you agreed to allow us to take $600 million off the top for our expenses. So if you agree to that, not this point, I agree with them. If the player agreed to that initially, then you had nothing to grab about. Right. So go ahead, go ahead. You. that's on you. So it'll be 50-50, get a damn deal done, and let's get back to putting people to work. Let's get back to playing basketball games. I can write about the NBA, and you can, and you can work. Yep. Folks can work. Yep. We have TV games on on ESPN, NBA TV, and, and TNT instead of shuffling around college football games on ESPN in place of NBA basketball game. Make a deal. Uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Is he still go out Big Baby, or, or did he want to go about Glenn Davis now? He tweeted that uh, he'll done. Fifty-one percent works for me. So there's some players who want a deal. Uh, there's some players, and I mean, Super Agent David Falk has said that he's not sure if a 50-50 deal will be ratified by the union, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line is this, Jerry. <laughs> a check is better than no check. Do not that go so by true. the way of the hockey players in 4 lost in the tie season. And this week, NBA B-Riders have interviewed uh, some NHL players who are in the same city as their NBA counterparts. And to a man, those players said it was not worth it. It was not worth losing an entire season just to get little minuscule d- details done. It's not worth losing an entire season. Losing that money is gone, Jerry. You're not get, the players might get their money back if the season is canceled. Completely. When you cancel games, you cancel money. You you cut your money off. It's not coming back. So get a deal done. It may involve some of your pride. You gotta swallow swallow your pride. Get a deal done. Play 60 games, 65, 70 games, whatever it is, and get your check and make everybody happy. There you go. Hopefully. Hopefully, soon enough. I'm still hoping we'll run out of time for the start of December 1st for games. But hopefully, sometime in December, the NBA games will be resuming. But it's November 3rd. As far as you and I are concerned, college basketball is here. Hey, so that's where I our focus is. I, I, so, I gave basketball scores already, folks. I'm going to tell you, we're moving on. And to prove that point, further add that point, Preview Panthers men's team beat Wally College in, in an exhibition game on Halloween, 81-62, at on the hill before the crowd of over 3,700 folks in the Baby Dome. That's impressive. I don't care 
who you are. When you can get a preseason exhibition game against anybody, and you get 3,700 at a historically a black college, that's, that's it, outstanding. In the middle of the week, which leads me to thank you, my, you. My, my local teams. I want how many folks will be, uh, be oh, oh, I'm not all of them. I want how many folks will come to uh, TSU on Monday when the TSU men's team has an exhibition game against Warren College at H&P Arena at 7 o'clock. I want to know if 3,700 folks will be there for that. I doubt it. The U of H women have an exhibition game on November 7th, that same night, versus St. Thomas. I doubt 3,700 folks will be there for that game. The U of H men's team on Tuesday, November 8th, has an exhibition game versus Concordia. Now we're seeing, I'm kind of curious to see how many folks come to that game because U of H earlier this week has announced that all the forties have been sold. They had to add some more uh, seat ticket areas, four seat ticket buyers. So excitement is in the air for the U of H men's basketball team. Anticipation is in the air for them. Tayshawn Thomas, freshman, John Simmons, the talented players on the team, Joseph Young. There's a lot of talented players on the basketball team. Coach Dickey has assembled a young teams and experience, but it's got talent. It's got potential to do things this season to lay the groundwork for what should be an outstanding season next year when uh, highly talented recruits get on the court. Signing day starts on November 9th. So uh, Danny House and Chicken Knowles will put pen to paper on November 9th, as well as the U of H women's team will announce some big signings as well. So things looking brighter for basketball on the men's side if you don't indulge me sir to talk about you based women's basketball very briefly how brief it's going to be a long brief it's going to be a long year for the Lady Cougars they're uh, just they're not very athletic uh, they seem to the light has not come on some of the players brains basketball IQ wise uh, it's a struggle for them the coaches have to coach more and more say things more and more than once to get the players to understand what they're trying to get accomplished. They had a closed session scrimmage versus the Aggies on Sunday. The national champions put it to them, put the wood to them. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty exciting what I was told. Surprisingly, they, the Cougars did well in the half-court setting, but when this scrimmage style changed into the open court, full court, Aggies just ran them ragged, embarrassed them. I heard one, the score I heard, I didn't want to mention in the podcast. It was embarrassing. It was it was an eye opener for the coaching staff. Hopefully, it's an eye opener for the U of H players because oddly enough, last season U of H scrimmage the Aggies got the head handed to them. But it was a wake up call. It was a wake up call for them. And that team went ahead and won conference, won 26 games. This year's U of H team ain't win 26 games this year. I don't know if they. I just wonder how tough this team is mentally to deal with the bucket because they're going to receive a non-conference and get ready for conference play come January. Now, it's going to be that, a long year. With that being said, uh, my compadre didn't get a chance to see witness this up close. I watched him in the uh, Vegas uh, Dueling Desert uh, Classic and that game against Marist was the second wake-up call that told them what they needed to be, be capable of doing being able to do in the half court. You mentioned half court sets. That team just drilled them to death. They passed, they picked, they screened, they came off shoulders. Everything that you run off, run and drill and all in practice. They started in that in that 40 minutes against Marist, and they just picked them apart. That 
group finished the game with a head down, but with a thought in mind, we can't just run up and down the floor all day long. We got to be able to have some some breaks and all to to win games because the finish we got to be able to play get teams like that in the tournament. Hopefully, if they are capable of doing what you do. Something in the half court that may be the route for them this year. It, it, it will have to be because they're not athletic enough to beat teams full court. Um, that's just telling like this. They're not quick enough. Some of the footwork of some of the players needs to improve. It's going to be a long season. You know, lower expectations. Anyone listening expecting this year's squad to continue the success of last season's team and especially forget that winless going on to beat in conference. That's got to be done in game, first one or two games of conference play. That's not going to, I mean, they're in trouble. You know, and I love, I'm hoping for 8-8 eight eight conference play. That's what I'm hoping for. 8-8 eight eight will be a an, an accomplishment for the team this year. Uh, Porch Landry Sr., Roxanna Button Sr., Michelle White Sr., they're going to have to lead by example for the young, inexperienced squad and hope that uh, Tyson Tubbs shoots well every game and freshman Taryn Alford learns quickly on the job and then the rest of the newcomers fit in. It's going to be a long year. I've said that hundred times in this podcast so five times, at least five times. It's going to be a long year. At least. All right. On a more positive note, that's just realistic. That's how we do it on, on the KG and Pippa Wildcat podcast. Right. Keep it real. Right side. Let's give a shout out. Give a shout out to uh, Arslan Kazemi. Crossline was named to a preseason All-America team, the CollegeInsider.com 2011-2012 Luke Olson preseason All-America team. And uh, they don't divide it up into first or second teams or anything like that. It's, it's all one team. And you and I have seen Arsalan play first two years of rights. He's a junior now. <laughs> Folks, if you have not seen Arsalan play, do yourself a favor, get a ticket, yep. get to the field house, and watch him play, watch him and Terry Jackson lead the hours this season to what we believe should be a postseason bid. Yeah. Arsenal is a double double man. He's averaged 12.9 points, 10 points, uh, zero rebounds in his career. He averaged double double last year. I think he's the only person last season in Conference USA played average double double. He works. He gets things done on the block. He gets things done on the wing. He's a, he's a hard worker. He's a quiet guy. But he gets stuff done. And then, and at the end of the day, you got to be able to, like you, said, you keep saying that, you got to get stuff done. You've got to be able to get stuff done. And just to touch on a few other folks, just to show you the company he's keeping in this All-America team, which he was named, some other players named, Harrison Barnes, North Carolina, Chris Middleton, Texas A&M, Perry Jones from Baylor, Terry Jones from Kentucky, Jerry Sullender from Ohio State, Thomas Robinson from Kansas. Those are names you heard of if you're a basketball aficionado like the Wildcat myself. So I find it in some high company because he's a talented player and folks are recognize his skills and talent and they expect him to do a, a good job this season once again. So the Hounds open up their season Saturday, November 12th in the House of Tudor versus New Orleans. That should be a win, sir. Correct? Should. All right. And that's something we're, we're going to tie it all out. We want people to support basketball teams in the area. Come support the Isles, come support the Cougars, come support TSU, go support Prairie View, Houston Baptist, St. Thomas. 
it's basketball season. Why test early? So this is what this is our time to shine, right? Yep. This the next few months. Oh yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you, college basketball this year is gonna be fun. And let's touch on one thing, sir. It's coming up on November 11th. Yep. Uh, 7 p.m. Up on the hill. On the hill, the right side women's team plays Prairie View. You and I will be there. Our faces will be in the place. I'm, I'm curious to see how many folks will be at that game. You had 3,700 folks see the men play on the hill. I wonder how many folks will be there to watch the women play. Well, because the women's team was picked to win the swag. Guys, no disrespect to Coach Rim, they're picked seventh in the, in the swag. Women's team is, has proven things in the last few years. That program is on the rise. And it's rolling. And it's rolling. So I want to see how much support the women's team gets, especially when they're playing a, a area rival. So yep. see how many folks come to see Rice play Prairie View. November 11th, on the hill, 7 p.m. And with that being said, it'll be interesting how the, rice, uh, the Lady Owls react to a large crowd that early. True. And we'll see how well Custer plays. Jessica Custer, she is the owl. She's the hub. She's the best player on that team. Define Smart is the one card. She makes everything go. Uh, we'll see how they handle, uh, let's just say, Prairie View does play a little physical. They are, they, they're physical. They get out there athletic. So we'll see how the Owls post players right. handle that physical style of play. November 11th, 7 p.m. on the hill. I said it three times on this podcast. I'm going to say it again. Thank you. November 11th, Friday, November 11th, 7 p.m. on the hill. We'll, right. we'll also see what, what the freshmen look like uh, because this group seems different. This freshman group at Rice this year seems different. And they seem tough. And that's what you mean by different. They yeah. seem like they, they seem different. Tough, they seem physical. And if they, if they can put up, if they, the first, I think I'll put it like this. First five minutes of that game will, decide, will tell a story in the second half. And once again, Friday, November 11th, 7 p.m. on the hill, right? Women at Prairie View. Yep. Get your tickets. We'll be there. And, uh, I guess it's alright to say, um, a certain team, the national champions of college basketball, the national champion, the Texas A&M Aggies, have a home exhibition opener on uh, Sunday, November 6th, versus Oklahoma City. They open up their season Saturday in Reed Arena in College Station, November 12th, versus Lamar. They'll match them, of course. But November 15th, they get the rings. ESPNU hosting Louisville. The Aggies are ranked sixth in most of the preseason polls. Louisville is ranked ninth or tenth in the preseason polls. Three o'clock. Here we go. It's part of uh, the Mothership ESPN 24-hour what? marathon basketball uh, tip-off marathon. Yeah, I think it's the only women's game, maybe one or two women's games involved in the 19 women's games is going to be shown uh-huh. during the marathon. But the Aggies versus Louisville, November 15th. We'll talk more about that in next week's podcast. Put uh, in on the time. Three, three o'clock, sir. Three o'clock. Three o'clock in the afternoon. They get the rings. I think thirty minutes before tip off. I'm curious how many how many Aggies come, how many fans come to that game because you know the afternoon games. We'll see how many people will be able to attend the game. But the uh, national champions are uh, playing well, practicing well. We'll see how things go. Some of the new faces they have on the squad. Chelsea Bone transferred, sat out last year. A six foot four, six five post player. Well, apparently she's falling in love with perimeter, she, perimeter game, which I really hate to hear about. But she needs to get her her physical self down the block and go to work. That's what she did. That was high school. Now she needs to get this. And now that she needs to get get into the post and find out what she made of. Because now you know this year Brittany is back. Uh, has spent time overseas and all to right. 
get some things going. And of course, uh, Baylor Lady Bears are number one pick in preseason uh, preseason polls for women's basketball. Well deserved. I mean, they Brittany Grimes is a junior now, and Ice Sims point guard is a sophomore. Uh, they're back. They're on a mission. They felt like they left some things unfinished last season. Correct. They beat the Aggies three times, played them four times. The fourth time they played them, they lost with a trip chance to go to the, to the final four. Uh, so they're on a mission. Brittany Griner said that, you know, all she thought about she was losing to the Aggies at that the only time they lost to them was the one time when they counted in Dallas, sort of a packed place. And they, Coach Mulkey has, has said that there's not much to say to the team. They know that they left things undone. So it is their mission to get to Denver for the Final Four. Well, Wildcat and myself will be on my dad. Yes, sir. Just throw that out there for the listeners of the KTN Pistol Wildcat podcast. Once again, for the we roll hard. 10, 11th year in a row, we'll be at the Women's Final Four covering the event, regardless of the teams participating, because that's what we do, because we love women's basketball. I'm not just going to say that. I'm going to touch on a couple more things here. Uh, the Southland Conference announced their preseason team, the preseason polls, and I'll link two of the articles on my Houston Longball View Facebook fan page, so you can you can click on there and go to the fan page, and please share your thoughts, share your opinions, share the comments, like the comments, tell your friends about it, all those wonderful things, but the Southland Conference and men's basketball preseason poll, 12 teams in the Southland Conference, it's divided in two divisions, six teams each, in the Eastern Division, North Washington State Coaches Poll uh, was picked to win the, uh, the Eastern Division. San Antonio was picked to win the Western Division with eight points, eight first place votes for 68 points. It's clear that UTSA is the favorite because they received the most points out of any of the 12 teams. And even the, the SIDs, which we need to, I don't know what it is, but the Southern Conference, as far as we know, is the only conference, one of the few remaining conferences to do a coaches poll and a piece and poll by the sports information directors. So I think that's great. I don't know, you know, why other countries won't own a name, but why other countries haven't done that or stopped doing that. But the SIDs also tap UTSA to win on the men's side in the West Division, but on the coaches' side in the Eastern Division, no, SID, excuse me, pick McNeese State rather than Northwestern State to win the Eastern Division. Come on. So yes, McNeese State on the men's side and, and on the ladies' side. Uh, one of my uh, coaching buddies, she played at at Texas, I won't hold that against her. But uh, Ty Dillard, the coach at Texas San Antonio, was picked uh, to win their division um, by the coaches. And it looks like they were picked by the SID to win the West, West Division as well. So it's a lot of expectations for UTSA. It's a much closer race on the SID's part. They had UTSA finish with five first place votes. Stephen F. Austin finished with three. Santa Houston State finished with three first place votes. Talking about a program that was down for a while, was damn near dead. Things are picking back up for them. Yeah, man, they were dead. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they were too. So yeah, because because once football, once football season was over, with, other than men's basketball, you never heard anything about the women's basketball program. Yep, literally. And and just one more thing, uh, coaches for women's side, McNeese State women's side was picked to win the Eastern Division. So apparently. McNeese State basketball, Cowboys, Cowgirls, are expecting big things from them. So we'll see how things work out in the Southern Conference. Is Lamar still in there? Is Lamar still in there? Lamar, as long as Lamar University Cardinals are in that conference, yes, I, I'm, I'm picking them. I'm taking my shot. I'm taking my shot with the. Well, they'll pick third in the uh, Eastern Division. 
and third in by the coaches and the SIDE. So, you know, I mean, they're kind of starting over with the, because, you know, Jill Plumlee is graduating now, so she's done. But uh, Jasmine Henderson is there uh, playing for them. So, Southern uh, Conference Tournament will once again be at the Merrill Center in Katy. So, uh, in March, March 6th through 9th. So, once again, uh, you want to watch some basketball, college basketball. Mark Elliott County, the top of the Conference Basketball Tournament, will be in the Admiral Center, Katy, Texas, March 6th through 9th. Um, and just a side note, another note, the Aggies women will be hosting the first two rounds of the NCAA Tournament um, in Reed Arena in March as well. So yep. with those two wins should be a given for the Aggies. We're going to be on the 316, and who knows what happens from there. What else is on your brain, sir? Well, let's see. What else is on the brain other than... Oh. The uh, 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 the new conference al- realignment. Oh yeah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, now it's it's finally everything's been voted on. Paperwork should be in the fax machine and headed this way. Are you excited? Are you contemplating? You know why this is all going to lead? Uh, because now it's about to become official. Before before we do our next podcast, uh, U of H, or Big East, I think sent out those invitations to U of H, SMU, UCF as uh, full time sports members, right. and they're hoping to get Boise State. Uh, I'm not sure we have decided on Air Force or BYU or both for football only. Uh, we'll see how it goes as a Cougar alum. The Big East, the Big East is better than Conference USA, so it's, it's an upgrade. Even it's, it's even in its semi-stable status right now, I think it's better for U of H athletics, uh, football-wise. As long as Boise State, I said it last podcast, as long as Boise State is part of the Big East, I think it's it'll be better for the Cougars to be in the Big East. Uh, I'd love, love to see the Cougars play Boise State football. I think that'd be a great matchup. But for by two, once I guess. Program that has made it now, and then a okay. program that is returning to the two prominence in U of H. I think that'd be a great matchup for the Congress and even get some national club as well. So I think that'd be great. Ironically, in all of this, uh, West Virginia is suing the Big East to leave early before the 27 month uh, stipulations that are in the agreement to join the Big 12, which apparently a former Big East president or AD helped write those. 27 month agreement into the to the uh, stipulations, but he voted for the basketball school. So we'll, we'll, we'll hold on now. So yeah, we'll that, see that how we'll see that all plays out. I think it's ironic, and, and it's also ironic, and it, it's legal now. So we'll see uh, the legal ramifications how it all comes about if if the, if uh, West Virginia uh, suit they win the suit or Big East whatever money ends up changing hands and they I mean the Big East commissioner. Marinado has said that we're going to hold West Virginia, Syracuse, Pittsburgh to this. They're going to stay in the Big East for the 27 months. So we'll see how it all works out. Uh, I was doing fine until you mentioned the, the good, commissioner. Good luck to him. Uh, you know, he's he hasn't been as proactive as a lot of folks would like. He's probably left some things on the table that he probably shouldn't have done. But he, right now he's still in charge of the Big East, and hopefully he'll learn from this and stabilize the Big East for the Cougars, and which will result in a Q bid for the Big East. Now, 
keeping that because that is in question. Now, from what they say now, once again, from the contacts that I've been, in, been able to talk to, uh, three things. One, it will be based on UH and Barbers both coming into the conference to hold on to the AQ. Right. Uh, because of the fact that they've been ranked uh, uh, over the last three years, I think that's how that has has done. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati was in was ranked BCS one. Right. So Boise and you went this year. So if all those things count toward. Then they're gonna hold on to they're it. They're gonna hold on to it. Now, the the question comes up is how the basketball schools will accept this being. Football is being football driven because that's been the hold up, and that's why the commissioner uh, has not so much been slow about doing what he what he needs to do. It's just that that group pretty much controls the conference office, and one school in particular, Providence, where all these schools are connected, have that uh, the the folks that are in charge are connected through that one school uh, Providence as part of the uh, the basketball owner schools um, that group has to accept the money and all of this movement and realignment is all football driven and move on because right now they're holding the commissioner's feet in the quicksand and are about to find themselves becoming irrelevant because ESPN can't save them and, and keep it uh, and keeping their uh, AQ just because they are connected that that is also connected between the uh, uh, that conference well as, as you I mean anyone listen to us anyone who knows us knows basketball is, is our first sport priority but but we are not naive or blind to the fact that football college football is running this is a lead dog in this hunt so it's great that Providence Georgetown Villanova uh, Louisville Cotino is in favor of Providence basketball he, want, he wants exactly that's true he wants Memphis and Temple to, to join the Big East to, to make it a a strong back to our conference that's not who's stirring the, the, the pot, soup pot whatever they're not putting the money in. you know Football is football is king. That's that's the bottom line. And one of our colleagues, you know, ESPN and a United States Basketball Writers Association member as well, Andy Katz, has he, tweeted and personally thrown some bricks at U of H and SMU over a Big East, you know, sharing his opinion that the Big East should pick Memphis and Temple rather than U of H and SMU. This is where I would stand toe to toe with him, and, and he has an argument. He's missing the, the, the fact. This is football driven. It's not basketball driven. And he needs to wake up. He's just like everybody else to talk about foot, you know, basketball, you know, being this, that, and the other. He's another one of those that needs to wake up and smell the roses. It's still about the green grass out on the field. Without a doubt. And I respect his opinion. I respect his writing. I respect his reporting. But He's wrong on this, yeah. period. And, and that's not because U of H is involved, and that's my school. So this is football driven, period. Bottom line, this, that, this is football because driven. Because there's no way if I'm born in state, I'm going clear across country just for basketball. Right. They're, they're doing it. They're, the reason they're considering this is because of football. Is because they can be an AQ, automatic qualifier, in the BCS. That's why they're considering this football, period. Not, not, not the Olympic sports, football. 
bottom line, period. Football is, is, is driving this train, leading this train. You pick a metaphor, pick an analogy, pick a simile, pick whatever you want to call it. Football is the lead dog in this. Why else are almost 600 media putting in credential requests for the LSU Alabama game? Football, one versus two. Man, they're not going to put that in requests for LSU Bama basketball. Folks, we don't even get that many requests now for, for Final Four, even on the men's side. So let's just be realistic. Thank you. Okay. It's football-driven. That's why you. That's why I'm happy that U of H will be in the Big East. It's football-driven. Yes, the basketball conference will be. It'll help out U of H at basketball. Yes, but this is football-driven. It's money-driven. At some point in the future, we can get back to talking about the APR academic progress uh, report scores rates, which is ironically, apparently, Connecticut will not be in the 2012-2013 when or 2013-2014 season right. because the APR scores will not be uh, high enough right. to meet the NCAA minimum requirements of 930. We touched on this in the last podcast, really, about the uh, NCAA voting on it. Well, they passed everything we touched on the previous podcast. Yep. Um, GPA requirements increased that, the, the $2,000 uh, cash, what is it, based on attendance. Right. They passed that as well. They're leaving it up to schools, conferences, to handle all of that. But you need to have a minimum 900 academic progress report rate score uh, right now. And if you don't have it, it'd be 930 in a couple of years. If you don't have it, you will not be eligible for postseason. And, and we're talking about everything from bowl games. Yes, to sir. The, and when you start talking to and let's And let's put this in perspective. Connecticut National champions this past season were not the men's team. Let's say the men's team yeah. will not be eligible for postseason because of 938. They will not meet the 938 PR score. Big time Connecticut. Let's put it in perspective. Texas Southern could get a shot. Texas Southern Athletics APR score for the men's team for the 0-9-10 season was 976 out of a thousand. 976. U of H was 960. So Coach Tony Harvey, who's signed a three-year new three-year contract with a two-year extension, he's doing something right. Well, and that's, that's TSU, and that's compliant. Thank you, Charlie McClellan, AD, and the compliance officer that they have now on campus at TSU, get things done for the academic student athletes, helping them get things done. They in the graduate. classroom finally. Nine seven six for TSU. That's outstanding. Uh, Connecticut's was I think in the eight hundreds. And they wasn't even close. Due to transfer, due, due to guys leaving, due to guys not getting a job done in the classroom, that's why they're in mess they're in. So I'll be curious to see if the NCA holds firm and keeps true to their 930 requirement, the minimum requirement, and keeps a big-time basketball superpower like they had to get out of, out of the tournament, or they bend and waver and say, well, you know, you're good, you've been good to us, you are, you know, you are who you are. We're going to grandfather in things. We're going to bend the rules a little bit. Because you mean so much to us in tournament. You think that'll happen, sir? I hope not. I hope not. Okay. Yeah, I'll say it just like that. I hope. Would you be surprised if it did happen? No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. How can folks find you, sir, as you wrap it up? You can find me at www.kingsideview.com. You can hit that hot key on the front page with the college sports report and I'm up. And my compadre across from, from me. Out. Oh, and also Twitter. Hashtag AKSVVCSR. And I am, and my big mug is on uh, King's Eyes View website as well. And then the latest edition is also out. Yes. Folks pick that up as well. And the Fiesta stores are in, in, in the neighborhood stores all the way from Missouri City, uh, north to, uh, 
see all day and I think that's why a couple of stores are uh, west we've even got a uh, drop off down in, in uh, Beaumont and Willis uh, so things so things are going well for both of us uh, Kingside View and a Cotswold reporter Houston Roundball Review myself our website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com once again that's www.HoustonRoundBallReview.com both of us also now are, are on YouTube yes my channel oh, is Houston Roundball your channel is what sir it is A-K-S-V-D-C-S-R so he's got videos of his interviews up on, on his channel on YouTube as I do also so we're we're diversifying yeah we're doing what we can to stay in the game mm-hmm. but, but to be honest about it so yeah. I'm on Twitter as well as at T-H-E-H-R Review once again that's T-H-E-H-R Review so the podcast on iTunes the podcast can be heard on YouTube we're having links on our websites links on Facebook tell your friends about the podcast uh, as the basketball season is, stuck, is beginning we will probably start uh, taking questions uh, via Facebook ahead of time you can send us some questions and we'll discuss them and answer them during the podcast so look for that as well that's, that's a plan we have once we get that done thank you as always listen tell your friends about it we think we've uh, hopefully we've covered a lot of different topics today in the podcast as we always do as always in conclusion be true be cool and do more